So one of the most um, amazing parts about doing this show um, are the people that I actually have an opportunity to meet and um, connect with. Um, you know, let me be very clear that um, I'm a student first. Um, I'm a businessman, but I'm a student first. Um, and in doing this show, I've got to have some conversations um, with some amazing people um, and, you know, just really, really build on some 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 interesting things. And, um, you know, today's guest, um, Kiera Henderson, um, really blew my mind with 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 her accomplishments. Um, she's a young woman who has started multiple businesses and um, she's she she's helping out uh, single mothers um, felons, um, she just has this calling on her life and it's, it's truly an honor to sit down and have conversations with people like this. So I think today's show you're going to really enjoy, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that, you know, I, I was thinking that there were some things that I, I wanted to really talk to Kiera about that, you know, Tom kind of ran short and I didn't get an opportunity to speak with her. Um, so what we did was I, I spoke with, I spoke to her, you know, during the week and I said, yo, Kiera, um, you know, we should do a live after the show and, um, you give the listeners an opportunity to ask you questions. Cause I mean, you do so many things and, you know, um, you know, I, I just want them to be able to have an opportunity to, to, to get to you directly. So, you know, what we, what we, what we decided was, um, Tuesday night, we're going to do a live on IG at Truck and Hustle um, on IG, T-R-U-C-K-N-H-U-S-T-L-E um, on Instagram. Um, we'll be going live. I'm going to announce it during the day um, at night so you guys can kind of jump in, um, give your commentary on the show, what you thought about it, and also if you have any questions. Um, so I'm going to post some questions, uh, a Q&A during the day. Give you an opportunity to ask some questions that I'll, you know, I'll throw out to Kiera. And then also you could jump on a live um, when we announce it and, and ask those questions directly. So it's going to be something new that I'm trying out, um, see how it goes. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. So um, let's get into the show. Um, as always, you know, put your ears on. And if you smell something burning, it's only your desire. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm making sure that my people is on it because there's going to be more of me. Yeah. You're going to be interviewing my people. So watch. It's going to be more of me. That's a fact. I just had one of my students. I had one of my students locked down a $10 million million contract. Wow. It's going to be a whole bunch of me coming your your way. Turn my mic up. For you. Take this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business.
I like to get those, you know, candid moments that, you know, it's like when you, you don't expect me to be recording, just just keep it natural. So we're recording right now. We're good to go. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to finally, you know, get a chance to, 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 to sit down and talk to you. We've been trying to catch up, but because of conflict and schedules and so forth, you haven't been feeling the greatest, you know, but, but thank you so much for joining me right now tonight. You're welcome. Um, first, I want to give a shout out to um, Ki- Kiyomi Hall. She, she's one of the Hustle fam. You you may know her. She's 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 down with your tribe as well. She is the one who put, put me on to you, and she said, "Listen, you got to uh, you got to talk to uh, Kiera, the trucking guru." <laughs> so I said, "Hi." Right. So I, checked, <laughs> I said, "Let me see what Kiera's about." And uh, man, um, I, I, to my surprise, I said, "Oh yeah, I, I got to definitely talk to her." So um, I want to just thank Kiyomi. I just want to put that out there real quick um, before we get started. So thank awesome. you, th- thank you, Kiyomi. So um. The trucking guru. Let, 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 let's get started. So, so first, I want you to qualify that name for me. Why, 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 are you the, why are you the trucking guru? Well, because I know my shit. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't, even, I don't even know how else to put it besides that. I've done everything from dispatching to brokering to fleet ownership, um, negotiating very large contracts on a million-dollar scale. Um, I've done everything that you can do in the trucking realm. So, you know, I'm a guru. There we go. And when we, we were talking before, we had a brief, a brief phone call um, um, earlier in the week, and you were running down some of the businesses that you have. Could, could, you, could you just get, let the audience know what you have going on just to kind of put some context around this conversation so they know who they're, they're talking to right now or they're listening okay. to right now? Well, I'm sorry. I have a dispatching company. I dispatch right now we're at 83 owner operators. The smallest, the smallest on my team is like five trucks. The largest is 25. Um, I have a brokerage firm as well. And I have my own fleet of trucks that I'm doing things with like in oil and gas and for the milk companies. And how many trucks do you have? What, what's, what's that fleet consist of? 17. Wow. Wow. 17 trucks. All right. Yeah. So, 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 uh, Kiera just said, y'all not hustling hard enough, man. Um, she just now said <laughs> dispatching company, 17 trucks, freight brokerage. So we got to get into all of that. So, um, you know, as we like to do, we like, we like to start with the story, right? Because I want to understand how you got to this place where you're at today. Um, obviously you're very successful, you know, your stuff, but you know, that didn't happen overnight. So, um, yeah. Where, where how, let's talk about growing up. Um, where are you from? Give me a little bit of your backstory. All right. I am actually from Dallas, Texas. Um, I got into trucking because I was working for AT&T once 15 years ago. And um, I have no high school diploma, no GED. And I have a felony. And I have three kids, single mom. So they outsourced my department at AT&T. And I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was standing at the end of my driveway about to lose my shit, literally. <laughs> and a friend of mine called and he said, hey, why don't you get into trucking? And I'm thinking, well, you know, um, I, I kind of always wanted to drive the trucks. And he laughed and like, no, I mean, the back office side, a dispatcher, a broker, a driver manager, you know, start looking into that. So that's what I did. I um, got online and looked for jobs as, you know, entry level dispatching planning, things like that. And Schneider actually became my home. And 
I worked for them for a few, a few years as a dispatcher. It was hard as hell, um, extremely challenging because it was new. And the way I even got with Schneider, um, I kind of tell you know my, my students that I now see everything has come full circle. I have a felony, and I tell everybody before I even do an interview, you know, I'm honest and upfront. And when Schneider called me, they said, we never got your background check. Not that it never showed up, but we never got it. Mm. So we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a chance. And I said, okay, because all I need all I need is a chance. There you go. I pride myself on giving 150 percent, no matter what I'm doing. So they gave me that chance, and um, I remember um, pulling up to my house after work, after I'd been there for like a month or two, and it, it was very very difficult. Um, I thought that I was gonna be able to knock it out of the park, but it was hard. So. Um, <laughs> I had to, you know, get get my mental together and say, come on, how do you do this? So you go in earlier, you know, you work hard and you, you learn the system. So I started going in an hour earlier and just sitting with people. And, you know, I started to pick it up, but my boss was extremely mean. It was an um, older white dude, military style. Um, one of the things you'll learn in transportation is you say what you want, how you want. It's mm. not a, a corporate arena. And that was another reason why I love it because I can literally cuss you out while I'm getting a load from you. There you and, go. You know, I'm still going to move the freight and it's still going to get done, but I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. Right. So he was very rude and very up in your face. And it was, you know, I, I think I got a, a pretty strong personality, but for him to make me be like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know if I can <laughs> deal with this. It was, it was tough. Right. So I, um, I pretty much, I, I put it to the side and I knew that I had to keep going. Because these kids need me. No matter who don't like me, I still have a job to do. So I gave it the best that I could. And after I was there for about four months, I noticed that the big wigs from Green Bay were down. And um, I did my job. And they, they started people started sitting with different dispatchers and planners, you know, learning the system. Well, I pay attention. Remember, I told you AT&T, they pretty much did the same thing. So big corporate companies, they kind of send a, a crew in to dissect what's what and they break the, the systems down and break down the, the structure and they start firing people, basically. Mm, yes. So I'm, I'm noticing that they're there for, you know, about a week. And then on Friday, they had this big, huge meeting. And they're calling everybody in. We're going to have a little talk with y'all. So I'm already knowing in the pit of my stomach something ain't right. Right. So we go in and they tell us that they're going to dissolve our department because we were dealing with sand. This is how I got into the oil and gas industry, bulk sand. Okay. Uh, with Schneider and um, they were going to take it to their corporate offices up in Green Bay, leaving Dallas, Texas, because, you know, we were doing really good and they wanted it to be, you know, close to home. That's fine. So I walk out of the meeting and I go to the bathroom like I know I'm not as good as everybody else. I know I don't know as much as they do. So I'm nervous again. Here mm. I am again. Just left one job. Don't have a high school diploma, no GED, got this felony, and these kids still got, you know, to have food on the table. So right, right. I'm getting nervous. Right. Um, I remember calling my mom, and she said, um, grab a hold of your mind. You know, God bless you with that job. If this isn't it, he's going to open other doors for you. Wipe your face, go back out there and sit down, wait for them to call you. So mm. I did. Um, I was the last person that they called. And when I walked in, um, one of the things that I'm forgetting to mention, there was a lady named Ashley, a young lady named Ashley. Okay. who was um, in the higher ranks. So I was very um, 
I was very pleased, and I, I was proud of her for what she had did because she was very nice to me, unlike this man who was not nice to me. <laughs> so when I walked in, I see her smiling, and, you know, I'm kind of making sure I hold my head up. You know, it's not the end of the world, it's the end of a job. And I tell them, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity because I started to learn different things, and I see the growth that I could do in transportation for myself. Right. It's the door that they've opened for me. Right. And, you know, I know I was the last person that was hired and people were coming out excited about their little severance packages and, you know, whatever they're, they're going to give me, I'm thankful for, which is exactly what I said. And um, they smile as he gets up and she walks to me and she says, we're not firing you. We're asking you to come with us. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, what? Come with you. Where am I going? Right, <laughs> Green right, Bay, right. Wisconsin. Okay. I said, wow. Now, I'm the oldest of eight, and all my family is here in Texas. So um, that was huge for me. But even as I tried to talk myself out, of course, I told them yes, and I was thankful for the opportunity. They then took me from a dispatcher to an operations manager, and I then started to put the pieces of the puzzle together. He Mm -hmm. didn't like me because even though I was hard on myself, my work spoke volumes. The work that I did, the pride that I took in the work that I did for them, they saw it without me even trying to, you know, say, hey, I can do this or do that. I just showed them what I could do with my work, and, you know, I was um, dedicated to it, and that's the job that he wanted. I didn't know that. Okay. So that goes down there, and then I go, I move up to Green Bay, and I love Wisconsin. Shout <laughs> out to my people in Wisconsin. Love Wisconsin. The culture is different. It was very different from Texas, and um, I worked in the corporate offices, and then you know, I said, I'm the oldest of eight. Family is everything to me. If you, you go on my page, you see my family on there. I got my kids, my, my siblings, um, everybody. We all, you know, work together. So my sister was having another baby, and I had to choose between my job and family. And it, it's, you know, as hard as it was to get where I was at in that short period of time, nothing can replace my family. So I went back home. Right. Well, this side, I worked on the shipper side for the first time. Okay. I never worked for a shipper. I never worked for a shipper before. Only on the driver's side, I worked for a, a company by the name of Berry Family of Nurseries as an account manager. Okay. So. So this is this is going I back got, to, back to Texas, right? You went back to Texas. Back now. to Texas. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Back to Texas. So. I'm excited because this is another opportunity within the transportation industry. Industry. So I'm knowing I'm gonna get to learn this. I already know how to do driver management, driver planning. Like I've learned a lot in the little bit of time that I was there. It's actually a couple of years at this point. Right. And now I'm going to learn on the shipping side. Cool. Excited. Okay. okay. Little did I know, <laughs> once I got done training, they gave me a laptop and a cell phone. And, you know, I think I'm doing something big. Again, the girl with no nothing. I got a little laptop and a cell phone. You can't tell me shit, right? Uh-huh. So... All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. I get trained up and I turn my cell phone on and my laptop on a Friday and my phone does not stop ringing. And I'm like, what's going on? Is there something that I'm supposed to be doing? Am I missing something? Why is my phone ringing the way it's ringing? Right. And my husband at the time, he drove trucks. He drove for Swift actually. 
And he said, you know what? When you go to work Monday, you might want to go in early. It's the reason why they're calling you like that. That's the first light bulb that went off. Okay. The reason why they're calling me like that. So I get up and I go early. Well, I'm nosy and I look around and I see that these drivers, these young men who are owner operators who own a few trucks, they are making six figures in less than three months. Hmm. I am blown away. And so because I, I'm getting to know them, I start asking questions. Hey, uh, what do y'all do? Because this is seasonal. So mm-hmm. when the season's over, like, what, what do y'all do next? And he says, why? Do you want a dispatcher? Mm. Yeah. Now, I don't even know what the hell a dispatcher is for an owner-operator. Right, But, right, yeah, right, I want right, to do right. it. <laughs> you know, because they're smart enough to figure out how to do six figures. And it wasn't just him. It was like kind of a family thing where him, his brothers, his uncles, everybody owned trucks. Okay. And so I went home and I said, we got to, we're on the wrong side. Like these young dudes, they, they doing it. They was 20, 22, 23, 24, 25 young. So, mm. so, so, so hold, on one hold on one second, Kiera. So, so the phone calls you were getting, cause I, I don't know if I missed something. So you said you were getting the phone calls. Who, who was placing these phone calls to you? Oh, I'm sorry. They were from the drivers, the drivers. See, I was an account manager. So okay. my job was to give them the load. Okay. My job was to give them the load. And as soon as I turned my phone on, because the season was starting, they were calling. They were out the gate calling and they, they needed to get to somebody. And it was never the same number calling once. It was all these drivers calling and it was like nonstop. Gotcha. So that's why they were calling me because they were trying to get loads. Now, and, 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 so, and, 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 and it was fine. And this was the same group of young men that you ended up seeing when you went there early that morning. Okay, got you. Gay, continue. I just want to make sure I got the whole story. Gay. Yep, yep. So I'm putting two, to two, two and two together now. Remember, I, at first I knew nothing about transportation. Um, I just started to see different types of opportunities. Right. Um, again, the biggest part of it, I'm a felon. And I wasn't making chump change for these companies. Um, so I'm thinking ahead of the box. When the season is over, I could actually start my own company and dispatch them. I do a little bit of research on it, start making some phone calls and ask them what they're expecting of me. And that's how I started my dispatching company. The mm-hmm. first week that I dispatched, I did $10,000 in my pocket. Wow. And I never went back since. Okay, From so, there, I, just, I kept growing. So, so, so stop right there. So making that transition from, from being an employee um, into mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, tell me a little bit about that because I mean, like, have you ever done any entrepreneurship before in, in life? I mean, because before you were an employee, so now it's like you see this great opportunity, you're like, boom, I'm going to start my own business. Like, where does that come from? Well, I've never been an entrepreneur, but my father is an extremely accomplished one. Um, I watched my dad grow his business. He's been in business for 25 years now. Um, he owns a roofing and construction business, and he does really well. Okay. So. That hustle, I got at a very early age just by watching my dad. Um, he's amazing at what he does. And I always wanted my own. The, I guess the connection for me was if my daddy can do it, I could do it. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not afraid because I know I'm always bet on black. Mm. If it's up to me, I'm going to get it done. Okay. So with the opportunity that they gave me, I never had that before. But I ain't scared. Scared money ain't making no money. <laughs> so I just did it. That's right. That's right. And, and what's What's crazy is my students, they ask me certain things like, um, hey, how do we set up our LLC or, you know, our businesses? And I'm like, look, 
I'm all things trucking, but business and stuff, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and refer you to like a business attorney because when I got started, I literally sat in my office with my, my daughter, who is 19 years old now, and I told her, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing, what I want to do. My best friend came over. I ran the idea by them, and the next day I was just, this is it. Got you. I had me a little tablet and, and a phone. So the entrepreneur thing, like, I, I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't know I was going to get to where I'm at now. Okay. I thought that it was just, you know, I done made $10,000. I know I'm not going to stop, and I knew that it could get there. Okay. But I okay. never knew that, that doors would be open like they are. So it just was the, I'm not a scary person. You gotcha. know? And, and gotcha. I know, like I said, if it's going to get done, I'm going to make it happen. So right. what I did. Okay. So, so, so you saw an opportunity and you just went for it. So, um, yep. so you started the dispatching company. You said you made $10,000 in your first, what was it? First, first month? First week. First week. First week. All the right. First week I did $10,000. $10,000 in your pocket. Yep. Okay. So just, just for the audience to kind of wrap their head around that, how, how does a dispatching company kind of work? How do you get paid um, when, when you're dispatching a driver? Give us a breakdown of how that works. All right. So as a dispatcher, your job is to connect drivers with the freight that they have to pick up, whether it be with a broker or a shipper. So what I did was at first I got on the load board. I found loads. You basically are planning their routes for them, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth. So you get the driver their loads, and then you submit the bill of lading, which is basically proof that they delivered to a factoring company for them. You create an invoice for your driver, and he then pays you. If it's off of the low board, I just was charging 10%. But if I was able to get a shipper who said, hey, um, I have these loads. You want to move them for me? Well, of course we do. Then that's 15% because you get paid more as a driver to move directly with the shipper. Got you. Got you. And you had, um, what was your network of drivers? You had how many drivers at that time when you first started out? At that, at that time, I only had eight. I only had eight that I was rolling with. Okay, and, and those were the eight that were pretty much there when you got there that morning. That's who you connected with, and that's how you got started. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Beautiful. It was, it was from those eight. Those Beautiful. eight, and then, of course, they told people. And I started to, once I got the hang of it, I started, um, I never had, I never did any paid advertisement, not because I didn't want to, but because I really wasn't knowledgeable on that type of stuff. I just started to learn how to connect the dots. Like, if I had these loads, and if I posted them, you post them, they'll come to you. So that cut down on a lot of my having to call and ask drivers, hey, do you know anybody that wants this load? Or it, it cut out a lot of the footwork that I had to do. I started posting stuff that was offered to me and offered that post. That's how I met a guy who actually got me over, I think like 30, maybe 33 of the owner operators that I deal with now wow. from working with him and his wife. Wow. Um, they were, when he called me from the loads that I had posted, he actually was doing a lot of moving around. And I was like, do you need to call me back, sir? You know, when it, when it's a better time for you. And he goes, no, let me step away really quick. He said, cause I, I've been trying to get in contact with you and, um, we're basically, we're losing our home. Mm. We're putting everything that we got that can fit in the truck in the truck. And you're like, I was literally his last leg. So, okay. um, that just kind of pushed me even more because I realized not only was my family depending on me, but these gentlemen who trusted me with their, their company, they were depending on me. So that, I think that kind of took me from on 10 to on a hundred. Cause I was <laughs> at nonstop. I worked my butt off to make sure that I got him a contract and I didn't even take any money from 
him and his wife because I, I, I didn't feel right doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have much at the time, but at least we had a home mm-hmm. and I knew they had kids and I could never imagine me and my children having to go live now. We didn't have in my trucks before. Let's go see New York. Let's go see Montana. Let's go see the world. You know, we, we, right. we will do that, but it's my right. choice. But so when we have to live in a truck that it didn't sit well with me. So I just gave him contract and then his word of mouth, that seed that I planted, it blessed me so much because I still deal with him um, and his wife. He actually owns more trucks now, mm. and he he brought me a lot of people. So got you, got yeah. you. So so so, what are some of the keys, but uh, you know, to forge those relationships with drivers? Because I mean, you know, anybody in the trucking community knows that drivers can be difficult to deal with. Um, <laughs> right. So, so when you're, you're a dispatcher, I'm sure you're like, you gotta be like Dr. Phil slash their accountant slash their Man. mom slash their babysitter. Slash, you know what I mean? Like what, what are some of the, what's your approach to that relationship with somebody who's interested in getting into the dispatching business? I'm so glad you asked me that because I find myself telling my students this now, it's not for the week. Um, a lot of drivers are, they don't mean to be rude, but I don't think that people realize what driving a truck can do to a person mm-hmm. because 95% of the time they're by themselves. They're alone. So you, they start to lose um, that personal touch, like being friendly mm-hmm. and being nice. Some, Not all of them, but the majority of them have become loners because of the, the sacrifices that they're making for themselves and their families, you know, out there driving trucks. So you've got to, you got to have thick skin. A lot of them are um, very aggressive because, unfortunately, more often than not, brokers are known to kind of fuck over drivers. Mm. To where if a load is $1,000, then it may be given to a driver for 700 or $600, you know, because as a broker, that load is given to them. So they can take whatever they want. They don't have to do 25% or 30%. It's what they want to give to this driver. So it's that type of stuff that's happened. So they kind of got a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to dispatchers or brokers. So you kind of got to build trust with them. You have to be 100% transparent, be honest. If you can't do something, don't lie and say you can, but you got to have some tough skin because it's it's been a lot of times I've had to cuss drivers out. Like (laughs) I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I ain't that. You know, either we're going to work together, we ain't going to work at all, you know, because I need you just like you need me. Right. So right. That, that's always right. been, been my thing. I, I treat you how I want to be treated. And I honestly know that that's why even the originals that helped me even get this going, they still rock with me. Mm. Mm. Relationships that I've built from years ago, I, I still got. Matter of fact, one of the, the contracts that my personal trucks are on when the job from Schneider, one of my friends actually went to go work for one of the major oil and gas industry people. And that's how I got my contract. I, I treat people how I want to be treated. And I'm always, I try my best to always be kind. Right. So right. That, that applies to drivers, especially be kind. Relationships are definitely everything in this business. So um, dis- yes. distinguish the difference between being a dispatcher and a broker. Cause we we're, we're naming those two things in the same sentence. Distinguish the difference between that for, for the audience. All right. Well, the the way that I found the way that I found was easiest to describe it um, as a dispatcher. This is an example. I dispatch five trucks, so I only need five loads. As a dispatcher, I can talk to a shipper directly. 
um, or I can deal with the broker. But I only have these five trucks, so I can only handle five loads. Well, as a broker, you're dealing with the direct shipper. Mm. So you can take on 25 to 50 loads. Mm. And you got to hope and pray that you get these loads covered. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. the difference. And you're financially, you're financially responsible. If a, um, if a driver, you ever heard that saying, oh, it fell off a truck? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a real thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. And, and, and sad to say, but people hear licks all the time. So if something just happened to fall off a truck that you are rely, you're responsible for right. because you got that nice broker bond and yeah, you got to pay for that. So gotcha. the brokers are, they're liable for any materials or any goods that are moved. Got you. So a dispatcher would be more of an exclusive relationship with a team of yeah. drivers per se, whereas a broker is kind of like just dealing with anybody who they could find out there who's willing to accept the freight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So, so we have our dispatching company now we're doing that. Um, what, what, what happens next after dispatching company, where do we go from there? Well, when, what I did myself, once I got comfortable dispatching, cause my days were extremely long when I first started, I meant I was up at four o'clock in the morning making calls and didn't go to sleep until, you know, the job was done. So I had very long days, very long nights. But once I got it down pat, um, I'm smart. I pay attention. The person who, in my opinion, was making the most money was the owner of that truck. Mm. Especially if my dude can drive the truck, <laughs> I can dispatch the load. There we go. Lean all the way around. So there that's exactly what I did. Okay. We started to build our fleet. We started to build our fleet. And even that in itself was a, a freaking <laughs> journey because, you know, again, I'd like to jump off the porch. And, and if I go all in, I go all in. So here I am with this nice, shiny truck. And I was telling, I tell my people on live all the time, if you're thinking about getting into trucking just because, you know, a homeboy does it or because you see that it's a billion dollar industry or, you know, as just, just on a whim, rethink it because owning a truck has extremely, extremely humbled me. When <laughs> <laughs> breakdowns ain't no joke. I don't care how much money I'm making. That was the first breakdown I had was a $25,000 breakdown. Ooh, wow. And had I not went with a reputable, reputable company, I would have been shut, shut down before I even got started, you know, cause I didn't, I didn't have all the education as right. far as ownership of the tech. So I've learned a lot, a lot of trial and error. And unfortunately from personal experiences with trucks, but that was the next move. It still has been more than worth it owning my own trucks. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. On my own trucks. I'm actually very proud of myself for doing it because I've always wanted to, but I didn't think that I could. I just didn't. Got you, got you, got you. All right, so so you you get one truck, all right. Um, uh-huh. start operating, dispatching that truck, so forth and so on. Then you start building your fleet. Um, how, how, yep. how, how do we start building a fleet? What's your approach to that? What's the strategy to, to, to go from one trucks to where you're at 17 trucks now? I mean, obviously that can't happen overnight. So what's the strategy that you implemented in order to start building over time? You know what I learned? I learned that you buy trucks in odd numbers. If you only buy two trucks and one truck is down, it's quite difficult for one truck to carry two. So from personal experience, I learned build an odd number. So instead of doing just two, I went to five or, you know, they're not what's going and so forth. That's the biggest thing. Understanding that 
you got to have some working capital, number one. If you ain't got no working capital, if your credit ain't right, um, hold off on it because you have to be able to afford maintenance, fuel, tires, small things cost a lot on a truck. Um, so make sure you understand your overhead and your budget. But when you start to buy, please buy an odd number. I don't think a lot of people understand the importance of that. That's why I have to say it again. The <laughs> odd numbers will it'll save odd you numbers. because with three with three trucks, if one is down, two can still carry the weight of three. But mm. it, it's just harder if you if you do it in them even numbers for whatever reason. And I I know because when I would get to the fours and the sixes and the eights, I would notice things start to shift. So I keep keep it in odd numbers. That's why my goal is twenty five trucks. Mm, got you. So do you think there's a certain place that you should be financially like, let's say one truck is bringing in a certain number before you say, okay, I'm ready for truck two or truck three. Like where, where do you want to be to where you're comfortable with, with, with the revenue that one truck is bringing in before you start building on that? Or, or do you look at it from that perspective? You don't because the, the way in trucking for myself, what I learned is if you got a good contract, that's when you start to build. Mm. because you can, you can get a contract to where, for example, the oil field, pneumatic trucks, we do seven loads a day, seven days a week, $700 a load. That's $30,000 a week per mm. truck. Mm. It's, it's wise of you to go ahead and build when times like that are, are good for the, for the, for the riping, you know, it, you, you're eating right now, go right. ahead and build. And that's because, in a snap of a finger, transportation is so, it's forever changing. It, it changes on a whim. Mm. You can blink. And to be honest, if Trump is not in office, whoever coming in next, they may even change the whole fracking thing. So we may not have our contract anymore. Mm. Transportation is forever changing. So if you get a good contract, you get some dedicated routes. If you get good work, I think that that, for myself, that's when I, that I need to add on to my fleet. Gotcha. Because I'm going to eat while I can eat and then, you know, be proactive instead of reactive. So when I got something that's good, I'm always looking for the next contract, the next dedicated route, the next freight. You buy your truck based on the freight that you got because mm -hmm. that's, that's how you're going to make money. A lot of people just get out there and get it. Well, I'm going to get a truck. Fantastic idea. I always ask you, what the hell, what you going to haul? What are you going to do with it? Right. I get so many people that, that call me and say, hey, I got a box truck. I say, stop. Stop. Why did why did you get a box truck? Mm. Who told you to get a box truck? Right. And then that, when that person said, "Hey, get a box truck," did they say because I run this and I'm making that? Right. And if they didn't. Right. You kind of you kind of fucked yourself. Mm. Mm. Got you. So you need so, to market. So. so so what is your approach to to finding contracts? How, how when 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 you're out looking for for contracts and like like you're speaking of, what, what what's your approach to that? What's your strategy? Well. You can't ask for my strategy, and that's only because as I smile and say this, look, as, 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 I smile and, as I smile and say this, it's only because people know me, so they call me um, to see if I want to do something with them, if oh, they want me to you know, partner with them. However, um, for example, my kids work for my company. My 19-year-old okay. and my 13-year-old, they work for me. Um, my 19-year-old, I have shown her how to call shippers. I've learned that if you have the truck, you're going to bypass any broker that's out there because a broker is like throwing a rock, a drop into a bucket. It's a billion brokers. Mm. 
a billion brokers who are saying that I could quite possibly air quotations move your freight for you. Right. But if I got ten trucks because there are ten owner operators that I'm dispatching, I have I'm building an army. I have an army. I have people that will pick up your loads for you mm. and will safely get them where they need to be. They're gonna give you the contract. Gotcha. I don't think that people people use that type of um that tactic. I don't think people put the two and two together on that. You know, this isn't you ain't selling um you're not selling cable packages or electricity. <laughs> you know, you're, you're calling it's, it's people not a hard with sell. a solution. Right. Yeah, you're calling right. with a solution. Hey, you got freight, I got drivers, let's do it. Right. Bit like well, when I was teaching my, my, my daughter to do it, I made phone calls like that. Hey, you don't have a lot of time, neither do I. I got trucks <laughs> and you got freight. Send me over an email. And they would send it. There you go. They literally would send it. There and, you, you know, it, it's... Uh, because supply and demand, you got the supply and demand, you give it to me. There you go. There we go. It's simple. I like People that. Overcomplicate no, I like that. And you're absolutely right. It's definitely supply and demand. So since we're talking about it, you said, you said your daughter works for you, right? Oh yeah. All right. So, oh, so, yeah. so tell me about the family business. Like, tell me how, how is that? Like, how does that feel having your, 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 your children work for you, your daughter work for you? Like, Tell, like, what's your day-to-day? What hats do you wear? What, you, what hats do you allow them to wear? What's your approach to that? What, what's your morning routine? How do you get up? How, how is it day-to-day for you? Well, one thing that I'm forgetting to tell you, I homeschool my children as well. Nice. Um, I like that. So, thank you. Yeah, I, I homeschool like them because I, I, wanted, I want to raise my children. My mother homeschooled us. And before I became a wild, crazy teenager, and started running away, <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom and my dad did the best that they could. And that's one of the things I remembered. Um, my daughter, who's 19, she's not the smartest child that I know. She literally is the smartest person I know. Mm. And that ain't from me. I don't know where she got that from, but she's extremely smart. Right. She's, she's always been like wiser than her, her years. She, she runs with me, my sister, me and my best friend. She hangs with the older crowd. But even since she was a, a small child, she's been very smart. So when she graduated at the top 5% of the nation at 14 years old, wow. when we moved from Wisconsin back down nice. to Texas, she said, uh-uh, I want to homeschool the kids. And I trusted her enough to say, all right, I'm getting my business going. I'm going to need you to really, if this, if, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, wow. then let's do it. That's so, so dumb. That's so she kind of wow. passed the torch to me with the homeschooling because, you know, she got, she has businesses going. So we homeschool first and my 13 year old, um, you asked how it feels for, you know, the kids to be working with me. There is no greater feeling than to know that I've created generational wealth for them, but that they see it Yes. at a very early age. Yes. My oldest remembers when, when the lights was getting cut off, you know, I remember I, I even read a text to my, my, my group, my tribe and she said, I remember when there was a field trip that was $30 and you couldn't pay it, but somebody's dad actually paid for me. She said, we were a long way from there. Right. And that right. shit literally had me, in, it had me in tears because she remembered my struggle, you know, my right. two younger ones, thank God I started to get it together before that. But the biggest reward is for, I never had to force them to do anything. I'm open. You know, homeschooling is about you guiding your children to what they want to become right. and you helping them become the best version of themselves. You know, you got to have math, reading, writing, 
but I need you to know how to build your credit. Right. I need you to know how to balance the checkbook. I need you to understand the difference between a loan and a line of credit. Right. That, that's the types of things that I teach my kids. You need to know how to grow your food. Mm. You need to know the differences between um, bad habits and good eating habits. You know, you, you got to know yourself. So, and plus a lot of spiritual things are given to them. It, it's a much better environment, but they also get to see me work. And I remember when my 13 year old was about eight and I said, okay, what you want to be when you get older? She said, I'm going to be a boss like you. I'm going to take over the company. <laughs> right then and there, I started teaching her how to do it. Right. And I started giving her, delegating certain things for her that you have to do by this time. And I started paying her. And it grew to where now at 13, mommy's down. You know, I, I got walking pneumonia. I'm sick. My 13-year-old is running my business. Wow. wow. My 13-year-old knows how to delegate, how to handle the payroll, how to give my drivers the new routes, how to handle the bill of ladies from everything. A to Z. My 13-year-old knows how to do it. My 19-year-old does as well, but she has her own businesses that she's doing. She's more on the accounting side and behind the scenes. And then there's my son, who is all things mechanics. He knows how to climb (laughs) up and check on on engine oil and check the systems and different things like that because of my my dude. He's taught him all kinds of things. He's good with his hands, so that's what he's going to do. But I love it. I love the fact that they just want. I like, I like that they don't want to work for nobody. Mm. I told my 19 year old at one point to go try and she worked for a really good friend of mine. She worked for about a week and she called me and said, I'm on break and I need you to come get me. Mm. I'm never working for nobody, you wow. know, because she sees the difference. So it's, it's an amazing feeling that I am creating amazing humans with, um, no doubt, good moral values and great worth ethics. No doubt. No doubt. How, how do you, how, how, how do you approach being, um, you know, uh, uh, a boss. I mean, you're, you're a young, a young black woman, um, being the boss of, I'm sure you have, you, 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 uh, have a lot of male drivers. You may have some female drivers as well. Um, how was that relationship? Cause I know a lot of times, especially in the black community, um, you know, because of familiarity, th- th- there's that sense of entitlement. There's that sense of, you know, I don't have to listen to you. We're on the same level. Do you get that? And when you, like, how do you deal with that? Well, when I first started, I did. I don't get that no more. Um, when I first started, it was very difficult because drivers have a certain type of mentality. Like I said before, they um, they know everything, yet here you are sitting waiting on somebody to find you a load. Right. They, they do come at you a little bit rough because you're a female in transportation. And this is a male-dominant industry. So not the driver's. Where I find difficulty is when it comes to the the, the bigger contracts, mm. like the oil and gas contracts. Okay. Um, that's a, a, a good old boy industry. Let's talk and, about um, it. it that, that's, that's the hard part, uh, being the, 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 the only woman sitting at the table mm. in a room full of um, men who've been doing this from, like one guy texted me and said that there's no way that I could legally know all that I know because if the fathers before him I've been doing this for years. Hmm. And all I could do was laugh because you're texting me that, but you asking to run my contract. Right, right, right. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. That, that's the harder part, dealing with the, when it comes to the million-dollar contracts and the billion-dollar field, you know, oil and gas is, that's that old money, <laughs> you know, so. Right. That, that's, it's, more, it's more challenging dealing with them than the drivers. 
Got you. Got you. Got you. Wow. Okay. So let me see. We, we, we talked about, um, the, the dispatching. Then we went into Mm -hmm. building your fleet. You also mentioned that you do freight brokerage as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So at, at what point did you, uh, did you start that piece where you were, um, brokering freight to other drivers outside of, um, the, 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 the network that you, that you had built? At what point did I'm you, glad you ask me that? I'm glad that you asked me that because, um, as you know, well, I don't know if you know or not, but I teach people how to do what I do. Okay. And if we're, you don't have any to, type of, in, we're going to get to that part. If you, don't, <laughs> if you don't have any type of industry knowledge, then I won't sell you the brokerage course. Okay. And that's only because I got to that part by building. I got drivers. I was dealing with shippers. So I already had that relationship and I got into the brokeraging because they said, Hey, I, you guys do a kick-ass job for us. I got, they, they, we, we, we build in more. We, I need about 10 more trucks. And it's like, okay, either I can go ahead and get a brokerage so I can just eat greedy. I'm eating everything on the table. I got the drivers. I got the dispatchers. Now I'm brokeraging. Some of my trucks are on it. I got into brokeraging because they, they started asking more and more, hey, we need you to take on more, more of the loads. Not until I was comfortably dispatching. Not until I had already built relationships with shippers and drivers. That was my approach. And I think that that's why I've been more successful than a few of the other people that I know mm-hmm. because I took a different, a different route. I built the relationships. It ain't what you know, it's who you know. There you go. And if your work, if your work can speak for itself, then they're going to want to fuck with you regardless. Right. So why not get a brokerage? And now that's one of the things that I offer um, for my people who I'm teaching, those who aren't comfortable, I'll let them work with me. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, so let's get into that because you kind of segued onto your, your your teaching, right? So this is this is where we, we we come back. Now we done we done we done rewind. Now we fast forward into now we're back to the trucking guru, right? So yeah. why why did you decide or um, feel that it was important to start teaching? All right, a while back, someone made a post. And it said broker agents make $279,000 a year. And I respond to that post just because it was in my timeline, just shooting the shit. I said, um, great post, but actually they make more. Well, mine do. If anybody's <laughs> interested in doing it, if I could help, let me know. Okay. That was just a genuine comment, right? Okay. I didn't know that the day I made that post, uh, by 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd have 400 messages from people and I had been talking on the phone to people from 15 minutes after that post up until four o'clock that next night. Wow. Okay. And then the next day it was 200 more people. And I, 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 I'm like, okay, I don't mind helping, but I don't have time because I homeschool because I got my businesses and I have the blessing and the joy of keeping my nieces. I didn't really have time and I was trying my best to overlook it. And I started looking say, hey, there may be, there's people out here that do it. Let me do some research and see if I can push people that way. But what I found, it, it just didn't reflect my heart. Um, I remember 15 years ago being afraid, and I didn't have no $1,500 or $2,000. I didn't even have $500 to pay for a, a class. And 
I could never imagine not putting myself in this position, not pushing myself to gain the knowledge and to get where I'm at, mm. only to turn around and tell people no. I had a woman on the phone who was whispering on the phone after I made that 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 post. She was whisp- literally whispering on the phone. And I said, what are you whispering for? I started whispering, what are you whispering for? <laughs> and she said, I'm trying to, I want to make sure my husband doesn't hear what I'm saying because I have to get away from him. Mm. Wow. When she called me back, her, her story was mind-blowing. Then I had, another, I, I had so many people who were calling, and it's like people are just trying to make it. Mm. And I couldn't be selfish and be like, you know what? I got mine. Me and my family's good. I'm just, that's, not, that's not who I am. So people kept saying, can you show me? Can you teach me? Can you mentor me? Um, I had to really sit down and think, and I, I talked to my team like, hey, because it's not just my kids that work me. I have full staff. Okay. And I said, I'm about, to, I'm about to try to see if I can be of assistance to what's starting to look like my community. Mm. Because a lot of the people that were calling, they reminded me of myself. A lot of single moms were calling. Um, and then a lot of guys that had felonies. And again, what, what I was looking for, I, I couldn't find it. And so I went live and I asked everybody, look, y'all keep asking me to teach and I'm trying my best to, to work with my schedule and move some things around. But I need to know what can you honestly invest in yourself that's not going to hurt you. Okay. But to where you're going to be committed to my, cause this is going to take some time. I knew it was going to take some time. And um, some people did say $2,000. Some people said fifteen hundred, a thousand dollars, but the majority were were right at the four, five, six, six hundred dollar mark. And mm. I said, okay, I'm gonna do it at this price right here, but I only want to do a certain amount of people. Um, I'm the oldest of eight, and I'm extremely bossy. I'm kind of <laughs> controlling. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. And I want to make sure if I say I'm gonna do this, my name is on this. Right. My name is all I got, you know, and and I'm not gonna half-ass it. So I'm right. only gonna allow a certain amount of people to do it at one time. And I had to, I'm not a technical person at all. I, I, I probably didn't even know how to get on this damn zoom. My daughter had to show me. <laughs> I'm not doing technology. Okay. So I had to hire somebody. Thank God. I knew people who, who are really good with this and um, they created my platform. And I said, I'm only comfortable doing like 10 people. Mm. And they said, okay. So we made a post in five minutes. It was sold out. Wow. 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 I said, okay. Um, and I kept telling people, y'all got, y'all got to give me a minute. Give me just a minute. Cause I wanted to make sure the biggest, the biggest reward came from, um, when they were done and people were saying, Hey, I made $10,000. Like I made $11,000. I made 6,000. I never thought like the, if you could see the text messages and, mm. uh, we're just thankful for what you're doing. And the, I said, I got to go full throttle. Wow. I have to, Wow. I have people, one of my people are on my page. He is standing, he has on a black shirt. He called my phone. He said, hey, my folks told me you do teaching. Right. I'm either going to buy a QP. Listen to this. I'm either going to buy a QP or I'm going to buy your course. <laughs> okay. Said, let me sit down for a second because I understand what you, what you, I, under, I understood the weight of what he was saying, the QP. Right, All right, 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 right. So I said, well, the, I'm, the I'm wait, gonna The wait for real, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, all right, well, go ahead and buy the course. And, and if it, you can't make nothing shake, I'll buy the QP for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's get it. 
So he called me back and he was like, Hey, this course is this this course is it's the truth, you know. So right. he he did a testimonial. He right. was literally standing in his trap collecting all his little belongings. That's the last time he'd been there. I talked to him every day. Gotcha. It's got another you. guy on there. He was uh, like, I just got out of the feds and I ran across, you know, your little thing. I need to he's doing really good. So it's the single mom, just the that that's that's what made me go ahead and, and keep doing it. Because I never thought that I would get this type of joy from helping people. Wow. And what was the the initial course that you launched? Because you have multiple on the platform. What was the initial one that was the first one that you that you launched? I do um how to dispatch. The dispatch how to broker. Okay. okay. How to be an owner operator. And I provide how to provide services to owner operators. But the last two, they're completely sold out until January. So I just took them off. I wow. took them off my um off my website and now okay. yep, I was doing the webinars and I've, I've actually met some amazing people just on, you know, Instagram. And I got an amazing lady named Tracy who helps me with my tours. And um, we got some stuff put together to where I got a freaking text message that said, hey, you sold out in New York, Seattle. Or I was like, wait a minute, what? Wow. People actually want me to. Congratulations. Wow, that's crazy. Nice. That's yeah. Nice. And it was with, with no advertising. Like, I ain't advertising nothing. People just. They they saw for themselves and it's just been extremely. I'm thankful for the That's opportunity, dope. you know. That's dope. So what do you what do you think is some of the biggest barriers that people have in in, in crossing over, man? Like just just while we're talking about you know you're teaching, you're consulting, you're helping people out. What do you think are some of the some of the things that hold people back um, from being able to cross over into entrepreneurship, into you know um, this 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 world of financial freedom? doing their own thing. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think are some of the setbacks? For starters, the, the lack of knowledge. Mm. Um, I learned quickly that a lot, of, a lot of people have no idea the type of money you can make in trucking. They only know of um, the semi-truck and right. a broker. That's it. They think that that's the only way that you can do the money. But a lot of people don't know the um, financial freedom, the generational wealth that the transportation industry can provide. So... They don't do it. They have no idea. As far as the entrepreneurship, what I'm seeing for myself, which is why I actually offer something for people, is people are afraid to bet on themselves. Mm. You go work for somebody else for eight hours, that dedication they don't have um, for themselves. You can't give yourself eight hours a day to put in work. You, right. you don't believe in yourself. Right. A lot of people need to be, they need to be built up to, to where their confidence level gets there. You know, they they don't know what they can do, honestly, because they've always done it for somebody else. Mm, mm. I think that that's a big obstacle, the fear of the unknown. For sure, for sure. Not really sure. knowing. For sure. All right. So, so what, 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 what's next for you, Kiera? I mean, you, you've, you've done so much. I mean, you've, you've built uh, three amazing businesses. Now we add on, um, you're, you're teaching, you're consulting. I mean, what else, what else are you thinking about? What else is going on in your head? Or are you just want to hone in on what you're doing and, and, and continue to build that up? What, what, what's, what's next for you? Well, because I am a felon, um, the next thing that I'm doing, I'm going to be doing transitional homes, halfway houses. Um, I want to help people that are in federal, federal penitentiary or good old-fashioned regular old jail. Mm. I want to be able to put them in a nice, safe place because a lot of people are sitting in, in jail only because they don't have anywhere to go. They're done with their sentences, and they, they ain't got nowhere to go. So 
so I want to provide transitional homes and halfway houses, but not the shitty ones, because I know a lot of people <laughs> that's wrapped up in the system. Right. And, and right. the places that they're going, it's like, y'all, you, I don't understand why they got to live like they're still in jail. So I want to provide top of the line places for people who have done their time. But I also want to teach them how to drive the trucks if they want to dispatch broker, just different little fields that you can get in, in transportation. Mm. And then I want to employ them. Mm, mm, mm. I want to educate, facilitate and employ. So that's what I'm working on next. I want to really make some, some changes. Um, well, not make changes, but I want to provide opportunities because a lot of people, it's a cycle. And because it's not broken, um, they end up going back to jail because they, they're not going to stop trapping. They're not going to stop selling, not going to stop hustling, not going to stop robbing because I got a felony and can't get a job. Like I, I saw that more often than not. And so I want to, I want to try to help give a real out. I don't want you to have to work for pennies. I don't want you, you know, cause when you're used to fast money, you're used to a certain lifestyle. It's kind of hard to, for me to say, you got to stop, but okay, well, what can I do? What's going to come in as fast as this dope money? Right. This trucking money. Right. <laughs> but that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to educate people that, you know, and, and the only reason I say that is because uh, the father of my children, he was a big part of why I even wanted to do it because he didn't know any better, you know, and I wanted to show him there is another way to make a real substantial amount of money mm. that to be comparable to what you're doing. But it was, it was too late for him. He didn't listen. Wow. So he wrapped up. Got you. So, got you know, you. Well, well, I will definitely say you are you are definitely doing a, a wonderful job, you know, on your journey. Um, your reputation precedes you. Um, your, your, your tribe Thank definitely you. shouts uh, the trucking guru to the mountaintop. Um, and, and, and that's how I found you, you know, through your tribe. So obviously the work that you're doing um, is, is, is something phenomenal. So, you know, we, we appreciate you in the trucking community for doing what you're doing. Um, 100%. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I guess we, we, we could kind of, kind of wrap it there. Um, but before we wrap it up, I just kind of want you to, you know, as always, I, I want you to give your final thoughts, something we could kind of leave the people with, I guess you'd call it like your, your final jewel. And then I want you to just kind of let everybody know where they can find you, um, your social media and also where they can find, um, uh, uh, the, the courses and, and the curriculum and so forth and so on. Okay. Well, what I would like to leave, um, first off, I love your podcast. Um, my people told me about you and I listen to a lot of them on here. And because I, I foresee you growing to be huge. I want to put this out there. Um, so people can hear me say that if you get to a certain level and you don't reach back for your people, then you're not successful. Mm. And that's, that's one of the, the biggest things that I try to do. Remember that everything that we do in life, you're going to reap the fruit of whatever it is you're sowing. And I'm here because I worked hard, but more so because I try to, to, to remember that you're going to reap what you sow. You got to pay a lot of things forward. And a lot of us are in positions to where we could change the dynamics of an entire nation. But because we're uh, money hungry, a lot of people are missing out on the opportunity. Um, a lot of people say the game is to be sold and not told. I don't believe in that. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to do anything for free. Your time is valuable. But if your heart is really to help, then try to help. I see a lot of people saying that it's for 
the community for our people, but it's so unobtainable that you know they 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 they're losing hope. Wow. I need I need more people to step up. You know, we 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 made it where we at. Now what are we gonna do? You know, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna help? How are we gonna give back? No doubt, no doubt. That's powerful, man. That's 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 powerful. All right, and 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 your social your social media where where people can reach you and um the website where they can they can reach and and, and get find the courses. The website is www.thetruckingguru.com, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. It's the Trucking Guru. I keep it simple. Yes, the Trucking Guru. Yes, you do. All right, the Trucking Guru. Listen, y'all. Um, this was a um. Man, this this was a powerful a powerful podcast. Um, you did your thing as promised. You promised me you would do your thing, and you surely did. Um, everybody, make sure you are following the Trucking Guru if you are not already. Um, make sure you go on that website and you check out um, different uh, things that she's offering. Um, she is truly here for you. Um, and man, we 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 really appreciate you, Kiera. And um, you know, I want to definitely have you back sometime in the near future. You know, we we could chop it up again, see where you're at with that, with with with, with that uh, the next business that you're growing, right? For 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 the uh, for the felons yeah. and so forth and so on. Watch you grow, cause that's what this is all about, man. Watching each other grow, um, each one teach one, and building each other up. And I really appreciate yeah. you for for coming on tonight, especially you know I know you were feeling under the weather, so I mean I, I really appreciate that. That that's that's huge for me. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I was looking forward to it. You're doing an amazing job. You keep up the good work. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.